Our Father, we thank you once again this morning for this wonderful time in your presence. Thank you for how far you've been with us. Thank you for another opportunity to hear from you. Our Father, we plead that you speak to our hearts individually. Translate this word in a way that we have a definite impact in our individual lives. Cause that at the end of this, your name alone be glorified in our lives. Be thou glorified. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to first thank God for the privilege of being in your midst. Standing before you this morning, um, I'm happy to be here. Though it's not always easy to stand here. But since it's the our father's work um, we have to happily do it so I'm happy to be here I want to also thank the venerable and all our priests for the opportunity praise the Lord quickly um, this morning we are looking at the topic go ye with your finances under the main topic that we have go ye into all the world and make disciples. Today we are looking at this go ye with your finances. Do we need to go with our finances? How do we go with our finances? Over the months, over the weeks, we have been looking at several ways we can go. And today we want to look at finances. And But um, thank God, no So we want to look at how God view our finances, how God wants us to use our finances to work for Him. Uh, but we want to look at God's word. What is God saying about your finances? Whether it's physical cash, whether it's what you possess, whatever it is, there is a demand that God is making on it, on what you need to do with those things so that heaven will be glad. Praise the Lord. So when we start talking about finances, I start looking at, you know, sometimes we look at money as if it's a different, a different side of worship, or it's not part, it's not supposed to be part of our worship. And uh, I want to place it side by side with two things that we know very well. And that is, first of all, we know that uh, our heavenly race is uh, is personal. Is it not personal? Yeah? Our heavenly race is personal. But why do we now gather together? I think everybody should be on his house running his own race. But we still come together. For what reason? So that we can sharpen each other. So that we can sharpen each other. So that we can rub against each other and make each other stronger. If you stay alone, there are sometimes you will be weary. You'll be looking like, ah, this race, are you sure? But when you come with, in the midst of the brethren and 
you hear other people, you see other people, you will be encouraged. And also we know that gift of God is also personal. The gift that God gives you is also personal. But yet, we still share the gift together. Why? Why do we share this gift of God together? So that the church of God will be edified. So the same way, I want to also tell us that the finances that God gave to you is also personal. He gave it to you specifically. It doesn't matter the amount of money. It doesn't matter the amount of possession. Whatever you have was given to you by God and it was given to you. But does it mean that you consume it alone? No. No. We still bring it together, share it together, so that what will happen? There will be food in God's house. Food is not only what you eat, so that the work of God will move. Praise the Lord. So when we look at finances, we now see that finances is part of our worship. So when you see a man that has money, and you, in, you give him some, some level of uh, preferential treatment, you push him somewhere in the church. Or it is you yourself is arrogating some um, level of uh, entitlement to you, to yourself. The other person that possesses the gift, maybe gift of prophecy, gift of singing, gift of interpretation of tongue, whatever gift you possess. So that person can also do the same. So when we see people, when they have gifts, they just run away from the church and either open their, their own church it's the same thing that happens to a man that God has given you possession. And what that possession made to you is to take you away from God's people. Either you don't come to church again, either you come once in a while. So I want to look at these finances so that we understand what is God's expectation over the use of what he has given to you. We are not talking about gifts. We are not talking about other things. We are concentrating on finance. But why I pointed them out is for us to understand that these things are personal but must be consumed together. Praise the Lord. So, first of all, I want to look at what is the effect of our giving? What is the effect of our giving? Knowing that our finances is a gift from God, what is the effect of our giving? I I specifically don't want to call it a reward. It's like, look like what is the reward of our giving. But I call it effect. I don't know. Those who know how to speak good English will know how to. But me, I know that um, let it not look like it's a reward. It's all like, what is the implication? What are we looking at? Because I know that if it's a reward, from what I know, is that there is no specific reward. There is no specific or different reward, different reward for giving. The only thing that God can give to any man is what? Generally, whether you, you give to God in, in cash or with your money or with anything you have, what he can give to you as a reward is what? Grace. 
when you look at Second Corinthians 9 verse 8, can we look at that place first? God can only give you grace. So, but what you are looking at is effect. But I want us to just touch that place so that you understand where I'm going. That we are not looking at a reward. Reward comes like a grace. God gives you more grace. He gives you more grace. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. Okay. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good works. So any man that does a good work, God gives you grace so that you have it in abundance. For what? For more good works. So what we are looking at, what is the effect? What is the effect? What are we, what is our giving expected to do? Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 4 verse 17, we start from there. We'll be looking at several places in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 4 verse 17. Philippians 4.17 It says, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that are bound to your account. If you start from where we started in Epistle, Paul was talking about the church that gave to him. But this particular verse says, Why we are asking you to give? Why it is like there is a request on your life to give. It's not because of anything. It's just because it is an opportunity for your account to be credited. It is an opportunity for your account to be credited. If it is about to get more, the unbelievers, they can give and also get more. But why you have a privilege of giving at any time is that God is saying, I want to credit somebody's account. So, the fruits of our giving, and I know that God doesn't spend naira, and God doesn't spend dollars. So, if God wants to credit your account, what will he do? If God says, an opportunity for me to credit your account, that is why I gave you room to give. What will he do? What, eh? Okay, more grace, more grace. That's why it's different. More grace. <laughs> if God is giving you opportunity, he has a currency that he operates. So each time you give to God, what God does is to convert it to the currency that he uses. He doesn't use Naira. And you need to convert it to that currency. What is the currency of God? Souls. And when you give for souls and God converts it and it is registered in your account in heaven, remember, we still get to that. If our hope is only of this world, we are of all men most pitiable. So, it is your, for your account to be registered or to be credited in heaven. And that is why God is giving you the privilege to give. 
so that your account will be that your account will be created in heaven. And the only currency that God used is souls. He don't spend any other thing. He spent only souls. So whatever you are bringing to God, God is looking at conversion, convert it, convert it. Can we convert it to soul and credit it for you in your account? Praise the Lord. So we look at Deuteronomy 10, 14. We see that the earth belongs to God. Everything we have is for God. So whatever you have on this earth, God wants you to possess it because he's your father and use it for his work so that your account will be credited in heaven. Are we, are we following? So when we are looking at giving, nobody is taxing you. If you don't want your account to be credited in heaven, you don't need to give. You don't need to give. It's an opportunity. It's a privilege that giving credits your account. That's what Paul says. He said, I'm not only looking at any other thing. I'm looking for what reasons for your account to be credited. And I know that my account is not here on earth. Except your own account is here on earth. That means you will receive your full reward here on earth. If your account is only here on earth, yes, you will receive your full reward. But our own account, and I believe yours, is also not only here on earth. It is in heaven. So, God is also telling us, I look at Luke chapter 12, verse 33. Want to look at, want to just look at the effect of our giving. What should our giving be? We have noticed that it is for souls. It is so that our account will be created in heaven. And Luke 12, 33 is talking about laying up our treasure in heaven. We are moth and rust. does not affect it. So, can you now agree with me that what God is saying is that so that we can lay up our treasure in heaven. Praise the Lord. So, I just want to use it to, to bring it to our own understanding that what God is actually looking for is souls. He's not looking for the money. He's looking for how souls can be credited in your accounts. Praise the Lord. If your money is not winning souls, if your gift is not winning souls, I think that you are not depositing anything in heaven. If your gift, your money, is not winning souls, you know, sometimes we think that there's this kind of giving that you think that that is what matters. We'll soon get to that. The kind of gifts, the kind of finances, the kind of support that God is looking at you to use your finances to do. Praise the Lord. Now we go to another topic, saying target of our financial obligation. Target of our financial obligation. And we look at our finances must be properly targeted so as to bring the expected fruit or reward. Now we have noticed one thing, that the souls of men is what God is looking for. And where it is deposited is in heaven, not here on earth. The souls of men. Now, if that is what you are also looking for, you have to be strategic. You have to make sure that you are targeting 
the right source that will produce the right results. I don't know, for us that are into business, any place that we see that there is potential sales, eh? you target the place. Anywhere that you see that there are potential customers, that one become a flashpoint. Why are you targeting that place? Because you want to reap as more as possible from that place. So, if the source of men is what God is looking for, is expecting you to be to have a target. And that target is also what God will give to you. Endlessly giving. Endlessly. Just give. Give. Whether you are supporting policy. I'm not saying supporting policy is bad. But you can do whatever you want to do. But if you miss your target, nothing will be created in your account. If you miss the purpose why God wants you to give, nothing will be created to your account. I want us to look at somebody who gave and it was on target. Matthew chapter 26. We are looking at 6 to 13. Matthew 26 from verse 6. Can somebody read it? Matthew 26 verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head, and he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You saw Mary, the sister of Lazarus, when he poured oil on Jesus. And the disciples were saying, why this waste? Why this waste? And Jesus said, no. What did she do? She has done a good thing to me. She has prepared my body for burial. Do you remember that after Jesus died, there are some people that carried the same oil going to his tomb? Eh? They carried oil to go and anoint him, a dead man. On target is at the time that God wants you to do this. There's time that God is telling you, give, 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 and say, not give. By the time you bring your money, there's no money dead. The souls that God is crying for has died. The souls has perished. Either one thing or the other has happened to them. People will not move. And God is prompting you, give, give, give. You say, no, 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 no. And you are not giving. By the time the souls have died, you say, eh, let's, let's bring money to evacuate their corpse to mortuary. What is the need of that? Even if you bring all the money that you have and evacuate the souls that have died to the mortuary, what is the need? So, if the source of men is what you want to be created in your account, there should be a target. You should make sure that 
you are doing the master's work correctly the way he prompted you to do it. When he's placing a demand on you, maybe he has placed a demand on Mary in his heart, in her heart. He said, hmm. I said, no, leave it. When he died, I will go and anoint it. But this one moved. I said, now that he's leaving, Jesus said, this is the time that I needed it. These other people could not do it. When they went, Jesus had risen. They carried their oil back. They came late. But this one came right on time. He broke the oil and poured it on Jesus. There is an amount of money you also give. People will look at you as if you are insane. No, especially when you give for mission. Yes, last week, Bishop was saying that the mission work is costly. Yes. When you give for mission, people will look at you as if you are wearing the back of clothes. You know, because sometimes there is no immediate, immediate, um, will I call it, immediate uh, uh, physical output or benefit that you are seeing. No, they carry millions going to one village and they spend all the money there. And... It's all like, you know, when you build house, you know, some people, when you build church in the city, uh -huh, at least politicians will come, other people will come, and there's no, and, or crowd, you gather crowd. But when you spend for mission, it looks like the money just go down. And uh, for a carnal mind, what will he say? Why do you waste? See these people, each of them to do, uh, uh, each of them to do their church, put AC in their church, do everything. They have carried money to the village. Why this waste? Even the people that are spending the money, they don't even appreciate it. Why this waste? This is the same thing that disciples were, were, were saying. Why this waste? But this woman was on target. Jesus said, no, 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 forget. It's not a waste. She came right on time. She did it at the right time. She is on purpose. There is something that she, she understood that must be done now. And that will help Jesus period. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We want to also look at life of Paul. 1 Corinthians 1, 14 to 17. When Paul was saying, I was not called to baptize. Let me just, I was not called to baptize. Apart from few hands of people that Paul baptized. Paul knew his calling. He knew what he's coming to do. He's on purpose. He's not, he's not dancing between here and there. Even though there could be drops of giving, even though there could be drops of gifts, but let it not, let it not in any way, take your eyes away from your purpose. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Sometimes the word of God is coming like this, and God is prompting you. This is for you. You know, for me, that is how I also give. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. And you are saying, no, no, no. It's not for me. It's not for me. It's for them. Praise the Lord. Paul knew, this is what I'm called to do. And this is what I must do. Jesus said in John 9 verse 4, I must do the work of the master. Work of the Lord. Why there is day? So you have a day. If God is prompting you at this point, this is your target. I say no. By tomorrow, when you want to give, give that target, God say no, 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 no. This is the night for you. The night has come. Nobody can walk. It, could, it may not be death. It may not be that you are no more in the position to give. 
You are no more in that city. You are no more in that congregation. You are no more in that vicinity. And God has taken you somewhere else. I say you have missed opportunity that I have given you on target to give. Either for the youth, either for the elderly ones, either for the evangelism, whatever thing. And God says, there is a purpose why I planted you. And that purpose, it has a night. It is in the day. When night comes, you may not be able to do it again. Can we begin to look at how have we been handling our finances? How have we been handling our finances? Are you on target? Are you giving aimlessly? There was time I used to do like that too. You know, when you have need of 1,000 naira, eh? and people are contributing 50 naira, eh? and you contribute 100 naira, who is the highest donor? Eh? Eh? The 100 naira is the highest donor. Is the highest donor. The person contributing 100 naira is the highest donor. See, when God confronted me and said, You are giving me peanuts. You know, it's easier to take the praise of men. They say, Ah, he's the person that gave the highest. It's not a problem. But the matter is that God says, No, what I put in your heart is 500 naira. And because you saw everybody giving 50 naira, you just gave 100 naira. 100 naira became, Yeah, they can, they can be excited. But the one that does the conversion, you know, somebody is doing the conversion. Eh? He's seeing that you are not giving. The one that does the conversion, the men can, men can praise you, no problem. But the one that does the conversion, we see that, sorry, you have not given anything. Praise the Lord. Then we look at who authorized the giving. Every giving must be authorized, must be approved. You cannot withdraw money in your account without approval. You must either enter your PIN or enter your password, or sign your check. If this, this doesn't happen, no money will go out of your account. So, for any time that we are giving out, somebody must authorize it. And who is the right person to authorize the giving? God. He is the one that we authorize the giving. We are all his subjects. We are all his account managers. No, when I learned that... Um, we are all, all God's, somebody was preaching, I went for retreat once, some time ago, and somebody was saying, see, some of us here are God's treasurer, and the thing caught me. Yes. It's not about having big money. How many of us have two accounts, two account numbers, two, in two banks? Uh-huh. So when you want to spend money, what do you do? You remember that you have 500 naira in this one. You remember that you have 1,000 in this one. You check the one. You check a lot of things. Either the one that is confidence for you, the one that you can easily replace the money, or whatever. There are a lot of things you check. And you choose which account that you withdraw from. The same way that God has all of us as his treasurers. So when there is a need, Peter, Peter, it is you. Your accounts. Eh? Tomorrow there is another need. You say, John, John, it is you. The same way that God will prompt you in your spirit. This project is for you. This thing is for you. Because all of us are his account managers. What we are doing is we are holding the money in trust for God. We are holding those treasures for him. 
And he decides wherever he wants to withdraw from. Any account he wants to withdraw from. He's at liberty. But what happens? If you want to withdraw from one account and the, the pin is blocked, the pin is blocked, as the account manager, you call the account manager, the account manager is in the bank, he's not there. What we do, instead of his work to suffer, he will go to somewhere else and withdraw and move on. And by the time the account manager says, no, no, I don't need that money again. I don't need it. I don't need it. When I was calling you to bring the money, you are not available. That is how all of us are treasurers. So God is the one that authorizes. He must put the approval in your hearts. God must put the approval that this particular project, it doesn't matter the, the amount of project it is. There are some that will come, oh, I say, my mind, I will say, this one is not for me. I know it's not for me. I'll just move for JJ. I'll pray in my heart and have conviction it's not for me. I'll just be going on my way. But if it's for you, and you go your way, maybe by the time you return, you may not have opportunity to give. So, God is the one that approves uh, our giving, and we are all his account managers. We are all his treasurers. We keep the money for him. And for every money you gave, God will ask you a question. Who authorized this? Who authorized this? Maybe you give out of self-pity. Yes, it's good. All those things they can give. But what heaven will be asking? This is my resources. Who approved this? Can you show me the signature? Say, eh, I cannot reach you. I said, it's okay. But I'm the one to authorize every giving that you give. And that is what God is telling us this morning. I don't know how you are giving. I don't know how you are handling your money. I don't know how I'll be handling my money too. Because the word is for me also. As I'm studying, I'm looking at where my own life is still having care leg. And I say, God, help me. You have, you have brought me to speak about this. You also have to help me. Initially, I want to say, why would they bring me? Why would they give me this assignment? Why would they bring issue of money? This is almost like the list that I want to even talk about. But as I'm looking at it, and the Holy Spirit is also opening my eyes to see where I have not done well. Where I have not done well. Where I have resisted him. Where I have said no. I will not do the way you want it to be done. Praise the Lord. Can you also check your own life and ask God, where is the way? And how do I do it? Harvest is plenty and laborers are few. Harvest is plenty and laborers are few. This is God, Jesus himself, that said that harvest is plenty and laborers are few. And we want to look at, if harvest is plenty and laborers are few, that means we need more laborers. So we want to look at what did God say about it. Matthew chapter 9, that's 7 to 38. Matthew 9, that's 7 and 38. What did God say about the laborers and the harvest? Yeah. Somebody can read. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Praise, God. Praise the Lord. 
pray the God of harvest. So, when the harvest is plenty and laborers are few, God wants us to do what? To pray to who? God of harvest. To pray to the Lord of harvest. You don't beg men. God did not say you should go and beg men. Eh? He did not say you should go and beg politicians. He said, who? How do you get laborers? Talk to the God of harvest. So, even if it's your own personal project for God, eh? God is also saying, you talk to me, I'm the God of harvest. Even if your personal mission, even if for your personal evangelism, God says, talk to the God of harvest to provide laborers. Unfortunately, unfortunately these days, we beg men. We beg men. I thank God for this church. We don't beg men here. Even though we are having harvest, we invite people. It is so that their souls will be targeted. It is so that their souls will be reaped for God. Not begging them to give. You don't persuade men to give. How do you persuade an unbeliever to give what he doesn't believe? What is in persuasion? In calling him chief. In calling him whatever name you want to call him. In order to excite him to give. In order to make him feel like giving. Some people will say they want to raise an offering. They want to talk about offering in a way that you will be motivated to give. You are begging men to give. If the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few, what do you do? You beg God. You plead with God. He is the one. Even if you want to use unbeliever to provide it, that is his own business. He can call somebody, you, 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 wherever you are. You will not sleep this night. Go and do this thing. That is not a problem for you. But you don't ask men. You don't beg men. You don't plead with men. That is how God also wants us to handle. So if you, wait, you are waiting for us to plead with you, to come and send delegates to your house, and send members to sit around you and bring wine and several gifts in order to make you to give. Somebody, some years back, they were doing lunch in those days. He came and said, I will give 10,000 naira. Later, they came to collect that money. Say, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so, he said, <laughs> You see, this is the kind of man you go and beg. But this is man, they brought him to be the chief lodger so that he will incite other people to give. So, he, he, he felt that he, he needed to call a big amount of money. Then, 10,000 naira was big money, so that was 20 years. So, but he was like, hey, People now start giving. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we don't beg men. We don't ask men. We ask God. May God help us to ask him whenever we have challenges. And also God has a way and escape route for us. And we look at Leviticus 26, 8 to 12. Let's see what provision God has for us when the laborers are when the laborers are few. And the harvest is plenty. What is the provision that God have for us? Leviticus chapter 26, quickly, 8 to 12. Somebody can read. Leviticus 26, 8 to 12.
will make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. I will put my dwelling place among you and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. Praise the Lord. One first thing I want us to see in that passage is from verse 8. Five of you shall chase hundred and hundred of you shall chase ten thousand. So it's not about number. When you are begging God for laborers and God provided only two persons and God provided only five persons and Bible is saying that five will chase hundred and hundreds of you will chase a ten thousand. If you beg men if you beg men they bring all their gifts. Eh? I'm, I don't want to go there. Their gift does not have capacity. It does not have capacity to chase anything. The gift of men does not have what it takes. Can we look at Deuteronomy 32 verse 30? We'll see it clearly there. Just quickly. Deuteronomy 32 30. The gift of men Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. It says, How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had surrendered them? So, if their rock had not sold them, just like me and you, sold to Christ. If our Lord has not surrendered us, we don't have capacity to chase that. You can, they, can, they can get all their money or they can give you anything they want. But that their money has no capacity to be multiplied. If you see how they spend money, eh? if governor comes here now and says, let everybody take one 1,000 naira, eh? At the end of the day, maybe you spend maybe, maybe 200,000, 300,000 in giving everybody 1,000. But the expense of giving you that 300,000, eh? whether he's fueling, his entourage, he's coming here and everything, they're writing millions. To give 300,000, he's spending millions. But that's not how God spends. See, five, five, we chase a hundred. And a hundred but keep ten thousand to flights. So it's not about numbers. It's not about trying to make sure that you get more money to more pop money. Beg God, the God of harvest. Whatever He provided, those souls has the capacity to chase a good number of persons. Praise the Lord. Jesus used five loaves of bread. He said, How what do you have? What did you have? What did you have? Bring it. I said, no, no, if what you have cannot do anything. It's not about number. It's not about quantity. It's not about, it's about the heart that gives. The little boy opens his heart and gave to Jesus. And Jesus multiplied it. He used it to feed 5,000 persons. If we are to do budget and do all those things, how much money? Even the vehicle that will bring it, they will use about two trucks. For the truck, all the expenses. 
Praise the Lord. So, God has made a provision for us that in Him, five persons will chase hundred. A hundred will put ten thousand to flight. So, whatever we have, whatever we beg God and we receive from God, it is enough. It is more than enough to do whatever God's work that He has placed in our hand. Praise the Lord. Do not be wary in giving for the harvest of souls. Do not be wary in giving to the harvest of souls. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Do not be wary. We'll look at that first, then we look at other stories. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Say, so do not be wary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Do not be wary in doing good. In due season, when the time comes, you will reap. You will reap what if we do not lose heart. If you sow today and your money is converted into a soul in heaven, and tomorrow you lose heart. Where would they transfer that one that already be credited? May God help us that we will not lose heart so that my credit that's already in heaven will remain for me until that day. Second King 13, 15 to 19. Second King 13, 15 to 19. Second King 13 from verse 15. I read. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrow. So he took him, he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shoot. He shot, and he said, the arrow of the Lord, the Lord deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syria at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Now, there was some drama that happened there. And Elisha said, you will destroy, this is a prophecy. That is coming to the king of Israel. You will destroy the whole Assyria. You will destroy Assyria. It's already noted. Now, let's look at down from verse 18. What then happened? It says, Then he said, Take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike on, on the ground. And he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should you should have struck five or six times then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it but now you will strike Syria only three times do not be wary why did you have to strike three times you have been given you have been given there is a promise that you overcome yes that is the general promise you overcome and we are advancing you gave you gave you gave some have said ah uh ah -uh, ah uh ah -uh. And 
you grow weary. You grow weary. Even though there is a promise that you can, that will destroy the whole Syria. But see this man, because of growing weary, what happened? He only destroyed them three times. So if you have gone up to five, initially I was saying, how did this man know you go up to five? And God said, you should not grow weary. A man that wants to defeat every, he should be violent. Strike, 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 strike. You can, you, you don't need to count it. But see the king, maybe in his regalia, or his attire, or everything. He just, uh, one, two, three. And he said, no, I won't do it again. No, I'm a king. Why will I strike? And I say, oh, sorry. You, you have, you will destroy them only three times. But you will not completely destroy them. May God help us that that will not be our portion. That will not grow weary. That God is saying, this battle that I have destined you to win, oh, sorry, you only win to, only in 2021. You will not go beyond that. You only win or this month. You only go this extent. You cannot go beyond that. Even though there is a promise that you will destroy the whole Assyria in the first place. But because you grew weary, because you grew weary, Bible said we should not grow weary in, grow weary in doing good. For in the right time, we will reap if we don't lose heart. We look at Second, Cor Second Corinthians 9 verse 7. We are concluding in next 5-10 minutes. We'll be done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 9, sorry, verse 7. Verse 7 says, So let each one give as he purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we are still talking about growing weary. Give as you are proposing in heart, not grudgingly, not forcefully. Our harvest is coming. Nobody is going to force you. Nobody is going to tell you what to give. But I believe that God is already speaking to your heart. That what you are going to give first must be authorized. It must be approved by me. And as I'm proving it, I'm putting the amount of money to be there that will, be, that will give. And you don't need to give it grudgingly. If not that God is all forcing me to do this thing. If, if not that God is forcing If not, no. You will not get a reward. There is no reward for that. You have given grudgingly. And you don't need to grow weary. Praise the Lord. Now we are looking at who is qualified to give. We have looked at how we manage our finances. We now look at who is qualified to give. I want to tell us that not everybody... Not all of us, not all of us qualifies to give. There are people that already, by default, is disqualified from giving. But we want to know who are those people so that we check if we have been disqualified. And if you are disqualified, I want to tell you that, and you insist on giving, I don't know, <laughs> any man that takes money to the bank where you don't have accounts there's nothing that will make them to collect that money he said what is the account number he said I don't have an account here the only thing the account officer can do for you is to quickly open accounts there's no way he can't collect that money and if you, are, if you decide to go back with the money and something happens to the money he's not answerable to that but if you if you bring money and you have an account and it did not collect and something happened to that money, the account officer may be fired. 
When you report it, you might be fired. So, the first thing is, do we have accounts where this thing can be created to you? In business, sometimes they say, somebody told me some time ago, don't keep your money in Naira, don't keep your money in Naira, keep it in dollar, it's safer in dollar. This devaluation and everything. It's okay. If you want to transfer money to America, you don't have more accounts in America. What is the need? What is the need of converting your money into American currency? No bank will co convert it to. You say, convert it into dollar and move it to America. They say, give us an account. You say, no, say, sorry, sir, we can't convert it. No bank will convert it. And that's what we want to look at. Matthew chapter 5, because of our time. Matthew chapter 5, 23 and 24. Matthew 5, verse 23. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first to reconcile to your brother and then come and offer your gift. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell us that even though God says your brother has something against you, I want to put it in this way. If you are carrying your gift, maybe you have called your parents, Maybe you have discussed with your wife. We are going to give this much. You are planning on what to give on next Sunday. You are planning on how to, whatever to give. And God is saying, if you have your gift packaged and you are coming to the altar and you remember that you are a sinner, you remember that you are a sinner, that you have not given your life to Christ, what heaven is saying is, drop your gift. First, do the first thing first. First, do the first thing first. Say, go and reconcile. So, I want to tell you that if you have not given your life to Christ and you have packaged a whole lot of gifts, there is no account where it will be created to you. We may clap for you. The world might welcome you to we'll use it to buy cement and use it to buy whatever things and every, the work of God will be going technically but you don't have accounts. Know where it will be created to you. Heaven will be looking at where do we credit this account? Nobody. Say, in fact, they won't be thinking of where to credit this account. But the Bible says that the prayer of a, 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 a sinner is an abomination. So how can you be coming to God? It's an abomination. God is not looking at it as anything. You have not given as far as God is concerned. You have not made heaven happy because there is no conversion. It cannot, it, it cannot be converted into something for you in heaven. It cannot be used for anything in heaven. And that is the only currency that God uses. We can't see dollar there. We can't see naira there. It's only the souls of men that God uses. And as you give for evangelism, as you give for mission, and people's hearts were pricked and converted and they surrender their life, God is creating some people. God is creating somebody. God is saying, well done, my son. God is saying, well done, my daughter. But you cannot, you don't have the capacity to give if Jesus is not in you. 
you cannot give what you what you don't have and for everything that we have bible said that what did you have that you did not receive everything we have we receive we including your own life you receive your own life and that is the first gift that god gave to each and every of us when you are born it was the life that he gave to you that made you to come out from your mother's womb and god said there is no other thing that you have acquired on this world that you can give to me if you have not given me that first thing i gave to you that is your life if that thing i have given to you first first thing i gave to you life i gave you life you came into this world you are breathing it is that same life i want you to give back to me you were crying when you came and it is same weeping for your sin that i'm expecting you to weep for your sin when you are coming to give it back to me you must give your life back to christ you must give your life back to christ shall we pray you can be thinking of giving giving is good god wants us to give if you look at that passage he said keep your gifts come back he didn't say keep your gifts and never give again you will give you will give but god cannot compromise he cannot take your life in exchange or a gift in exchange for your life he cannot take your gift in exchange for your life there is no compromise with him he wants you to give he said drop your gift go go and make your life better go and come change your life go and give me your life first go and submit your life first before you can come back to me before you can give me any gift any other thing you gave to god first before your life is wasted it's wasted how can you use a rotten seed when we look at that second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 I said, I, I was asking, how can you use a rotten seed? You cannot say, I want to bring to God. God saying, you cannot bring a rotten seed. A rotten seed cannot produce anything. As long as your life is not under Christ, it is rotten. It is rotten. It is rotten. Can you talk to God? Maybe you are here. Maybe you are here. You are not sure that your life is in Christ. Forget about what you give. Even the offering that you give today, forget about it. God is telling you, first thing first, first thing first, can you surrender this life to him? Can you surrender this life to him? If you are here and your life is not under Christ, can you surrender this life to him? I want to see your hands up. If you want to surrender your life to Christ and say, I have my gift. I've been thinking of what to give. How to dance on that day. How to give God wonderful gifts. How to sell part of what my I have. How to get from my parents. How to sell my earnings. How to do whatever I want to do. All those packages God is saying, but your life is not yet given to me. If you are, if you are this person, can you raise your hand? Can you raise up your hand? God is calling you. God is calling you. He needs your gifts. Your gift is needed by the kingdom. But it must be, it must be a gift given by his children. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now pledge to God that you will give based on what God has given you. Willingly, cheerfully, even sacrificially. David wanted to use his resources and build. God said no. It's a privilege.
for God to receive your gifts. It's not everybody that God accepts. Cain was not accepted, and therefore his gift was not accepted. Abel was accepted, therefore his gift was accepted. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the privilege of partnering with you, even with money in the things of the kingdom. O Lord, that ever we will give our hearts to you in wholesome, joyful surrender. And as you prompt us, as you have taught us, willingly give, cheerfully give for the work of your kingdom, expecting nothing back but that well done, good and faithful servant. For Lord, to make you happy is our goal in life. And the things you will do with us, Lord, I has not seen, but you reveal it to us by your Spirit. Thank you, Father, for ministering to us. Thank you, Lord, as we return to you, even as you have given to us. In Jesus' name we pray.